Welcome to the Hardy Mom Podcast. Your health challenged, girl, I get it. Feeling anxious, depressed, don't you sweat it. Hi, I'm you Jen Hardy, and I'm here to help you live the life of your dreams, even if you can't get off the couch. I have seven kids, five of them are adults, and they're successful as the way the world sees it. They each live on their own, are financially self-supporting, with cars and money in the bank. But when I was raising them, I didn't know how to be a good parent. I never really spent time with good parents. So I raised them on book knowledge and what I knew I didn't want to do. Honestly, I did much better than my parents did. But did I do a great job with my older kids? The answer is no. Why? Because I was broken. And while I loved them the best I could, it was through a lens of brokenness. And I gave them all I could. But it wasn't as much as I could have. And now I've grown every year. And my relationship with them, it needs to grow with it. My young ones are lucky. Because sure, they have a mom with a broken body, but with a whole spirit. And I think that's much better than a healthy body with a broken spirit. So how can you do better than me? And how can you do better with me? Because you need to. You don't want to have to fix those relationships later. Think about those beautiful baby faces that you see. You want them to stay happy and peaceful as much as you have the power to control it. So here are the basic things to do. And if you're having a lot of things to deal with that you never expected, listen to the next episode because we're going to deal with some very serious stuff. For now, you can just reach out to me. Contact me at contact at hardymom.com. All right. So if you really want to alienate your child, the first thing you're going to do is tune out. You're going to tune out to what they say, tune out to what's important to them. And in general, just tune out. The second thing you're going to do is to lie to them. Because kids cannot stand being lied to. And even if you don't think they know what's going on, they have an idea. And just don't do it. Just you think you're being helpful or protecting them or whatever. And you don't need to give them all kinds of details about things that are deep and serious and sad. But don't lie. The third thing you can do to alienate your child is to not be forthcoming with important information because omission is a form of lying. So if you just got diagnosed with cancer and you're hiding that from them for two months while you go through your first treatment, it's not good because they know things are happening and they can figure it out. The fourth thing is to keep secrets. I love the book's unfortunate series of events. And one of the lines in there is that every family has a secret. And I think that's probably true. And I think that every family has many more than one. But if there's a secret that affects your child, it's going to come out. And it take it from someone who knows. That secret coming out when they're 18 or 20 or 30 it's a horrible thing because that takes you back to number two where you've lied to them. So don't do it. Number five, if you really want to alienate your child, then you need to make them feel inferior 
put them down, make them feel like a second-class citizen, really treat them like a piece of garbage because that is going to turn them away. Number six, make them feel stupid. Listen, when your baby was just starting to talk and they would say, oh, look at the brook, like the pretty brook with the water. And they would say, look at the book. You wouldn't yell at them and say, no, you idiot. That's not how you say it, right? Because they were a baby and they were learning. And your child, whether they're in a baby or a toddler, elementary school, middle school, high school, or beyond, they're learning. And if they come home with information that's almost right, If you can, praise them for sharing that information. Don't instantly tell them how wrong they are. Or if, you know, there's a million examples for that, but just don't make them feel stupid. You don't like it. Don't do it to them. Number seven, if you really want to alienate your kids, you need to stop supporting them. Just tell them how much you don't like what they're doing and you're not going to go to practice. You're not going to go to games. You're not going to support what they're passionate about at all. That's going to really alienate them. And here's a secret, okay? I've been a mom for 32 years. (laughs) I have seven children. I've got lots of practice. And I, as I said, I'm not perfect. But I can tell you a very important lesson that I've learned and has really been drilled home lately. You don't have to like what your children do. And I know like when they're younger or whatever, you you do have a lot more control. But once they start getting a little bit older, they're going to do and say and talk about some things that you don't like. But if you don't want to alienate them, you need to convey to them that you might not like something, but you like them. Because what you love and like and don't like doesn't really matter more than they do. That can be a tough one. Number seven. Oh, sorry, that was seven. (laughs) Number eight. Focus more on Facebook or Instagram or that dumb game on your phone than you do your child, because that's a great way to alienate them. If they look at that, that tablet in your hand or the phone in your hand or the game on TV or whatever show you're obsessed with watching over and over, and you've got your face looking at that thing more than looking at your kid, you're sending them a signal that says that is more important That is number one, boom, alienation right there. Number nine, talk about them instead of to them. Doing that in front of them, behind their back, whatever, that is a really good way to turn your child against you, really. I hear so many parents, their kids are standing right there and they'll say things like, oh God, I can't wait till school starts again get them out of my hair. Or I'm so glad I work so that I don't have to be with my children. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't work because that's important. But it's how it's presented to your child. They need to know that when you are available, you are available. And if you're not, and other things are more important, they're going to find their love and support and compassion from someone else. And that may not be the someone else they should be finding it from or that you want them to find it from, but mom, it's going to happen. And the last thing that's really the most important thing, if you really want to alienate your child, drive them away and have them not want to talk to you anymore, you should make them feel unloved. It's your job 
It's also their father's job. It's a parent's job. And if if a child doesn't have parents, then grandparents or foster parents or whomever you are in the capacity of the primary caregiver of your child. Because I don't want to negate all those other people. There's a lot of people that step in and do this job, and I commend them for it. Because people need people. And they need people to make them feel loved. And if you don't want to alienate your child, you need to know how they feel love. What does make them feel loved? Because when I was growing up, I just thought everybody felt love the same way, but they don't. And if you don't have time to do a bunch of research or that's not your thing or whatever, I would say borrow from the library, check out, pay the $10, whatever, for a book called The Five Love Languages. There's one for kids, there's one for spouses, there's one for in general. And it just talks about the basic five ways that different people feel loved. And your child's probably isn't yours. And if it's not, then that may be why they're not feeling as loved as you think they are. So I'm not saying all these things to make you feel guilty or to make you feel bad. Do we all do one or two of these things at some point in our child's lifetime? The unfortunate truth is yes. And if you say to me, well, my child does that, they make me feel inferior, they make me feel stupid, they don't support me, well, you know what? They might not. But they didn't choose to have you. You chose to have them. And thank God you did, because they belong in this world, and they belong where they are with you, and they deserve to be treated well. And so when I was raising my older kids, I did the best I could. And I thought, honestly, I was one of the most perfect parents out there. I mean, not that I was above other people, not in that way, but just I really felt like I was doing the greatest job because I loved them wholeheartedly and they were always with me and I homeschooled them and I stayed home. And And it turns out that by talking about that a lot, I made my daughters feel like if they went out and got jobs and didn't do those things, that they were inferior women because they didn't guard my words. And it's taken some recent conversations for me to realize that just because something's important to me doesn't mean that I should say it in a way that negates something else. Because if you're a working mom and your kid's in public school and you've got three jobs and they're in daycare, girl, you go and you do and you are doing the best thing. Or if you stay home or if you homeschool or if your kids go to private school, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you are choosing as long as you are loving them and not doing these things. And I think you need to hear that today. Stop that mom guilt, okay? And don't take the bad feelings that you have on about yourself out on your child because they don't deserve that. And if you, you know, maybe you need to apologize to them. Maybe you are listening to this or reading this and thinking, oh my gosh, I've been doing those things and I didn't even realize it. Well, you know, I'll tell you something. My parents never would have apologized for me. My dad told me he didn't care if he was right or wrong, but he would never say he was sorry. And I'm going to tell you right now that that is a wrong attitude to have. So I, I sound passionate today because I am passionate today. Because these are mistakes I've made. And I made a promise when I started this that I would tell you the good and the bad that I've done. Because 
I want to help you make better choices than I did. And I want you to help me on this path and this journey of motherhood. Because we have each other and we can support each other and we can remind each other, hey, are you sure you want to say things that way? Or, hey, I love the way you said that. Because we need to support each other. And I will ask you today, I'm going to give you two bits of homework. And the first one is, have a chat with your child today. I mean, if they're old enough to talk, I don't care how old they are. Have a five-minute talk and say, do you feel heard? Do you feel loved? And if the answer to one of those is no, ask them why. And, and let them know you're sorry that they feel that way. You may not be sorry for how you acted. There may be reasons why you acted the way they did, way you did, but that's not what they need to hear right now. Right now, what they need to hear is, I'm sorry. And then your follow-up is, what can I do to make it better? Because I want to, I want to have a better relationship with you. Okay. That's a hard conversation. You may not be able to do that today. I ask you to think about doing that today and, um, do it very soon. And the second thing I'm going to ask you to do is to reach out to another mom and encourage her, whatever that looks like for you. You could send somebody a note. You could, I'm just going to ask that it is beyond a text, maybe an actual phone call. Or if you run into a mom picking your kids up from school or wherever you are, that you you put your hand on their shoulder if they're comfortable with touching, because I know right now that's a thing. Or look them straight in the eye and say, I want you to know that I noticed how you did this one thing and I, I really think it's great or I appreciate it or thanks for doing that because moms need it. We give a lot. We really do. And we need to have something given back to us. So I hope that this has helped. And again, I am very passionate <laughs> because right now it's very raw for me. And I really would like for you to tune in again next week. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Because, or if you're listening on my website, bookmark my page, my podcast page, hardymom.com slash episodes. And come back because we're going to have a very intense interview next week. And whether or not you think you need to hear these words, you're going to need to hear them because someone around you is going to need them and you're going to have good quality information to pass along if it doesn't pertain to you. So thank you for joining me today. I do appreciate your time and I look forward to talking to you next week. Tips and tricks here that will help you. There's advice from experts and interviews. Find time to be with your kids and family. I can help you get it done easily. So premenopausal or postpartum, all stages of womanhood, girl, we've got them. I've been there, I've done that too, with a hearty mom podcast. Yeah, I'm here for you.